Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Hang out long enough, you can get the Jaguars job too. It is Chris Carlin and Amber Wilson filling in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, on ESPN Plus, and on your smart speaker presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber, what's going on? It's been a bit. How are you? I'm good. I was just about to put my name in for that job, and alas, they have hired somebody. Unfortunate news for me, but I guess good news for Jags fans. Is it unfortunate news for you? I'm not sure that it is. I'm really not, because think about being Doug Peterson for a moment, and congratulations to Doug Peterson on getting the Jaguars job. This is so strange to me. The way that it has all planned out or played out over the last couple of months with the Jaguars in that you're Doug Peterson. You get your first interview for that head coaching job in December. Today is February 4th. You didn't have your second interview for a month. I mean, that is in essence telling you we are going to scour the entire coaching uh, available coaches in the community to try to bring them in before we're going to go back to you to talk to you again. Maybe you're not all that bad. And to me, for Doug Peterson, this was just a case of hanging around. And, and Amber, he has always been a fascinating figure to me because here's a coach that's won a Super Bowl, yet nobody really seems to believe he's that great of a coach. And that's why it kind of felt like he wasn't in that much demand this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he was like, oh, what, only three years, I think, removed from winning a Super Bowl. You're right that this was a long play in terms of hiring him. I do remember Shad Khan, the owner, saying in the beginning of this entire coaching search that they were going to look at everyone and that they were going to take their time. So he was true to his word. I understand what it looks like in terms of Peterson. And because, like you said, that reputation that's kind of been there surrounding Peterson, then it it looks like he was the last man standing. And then what happened with Byron Leftwich pulling his name out of the running. And so now it kind of looks like, well, they hired the guy who was available for them to hire. But I don't know if that's entirely fair to the ownership there, because in fairness, Khan did say that he was going to take his time, that he was going to scour the league. And he certainly did that. The Jags interviewed nine other candidates before making this hire. And I don't know if that's the wrong move, really, Chris. I mean, if you're an organization like the Jags that have gotten it wrong time and time again and got it wrong in epic fashion with the Urban Meyer hire and how that went, if you're Shad Khan, you kind of have every reason to really take your time to try to get this one right. Because nobody can accuse him of not doing his due diligence. Nobody can accuse him of just picking his guy because of the name too quickly, like maybe he did with an Urban Meyer type hire. So he certainly did his due diligence here. I, I do think it's questionable how many of these nine other candidates actually were interested in the job fine, but ownership certainly did take their time in making this decision. This is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And look, this was the right decision for where they are right now. There are aspects of this job that trouble me greatly, though. And it feels like Doug took this job because maybe he didn't think he was going to get another opportunity if he waited around another year from now uh, to get a chance. That this was a job because there weren't a whole lot of people that were sniffing around him this offseason. I think he may have had maybe one or two other interviews. And, and when he separated from the Eagles last year, mutually parted, whatever it was, felt like there were going to be a lot of opportunities for a Super Bowl winning coach. You get that. This job to me, though... When you have somebody that has never coached 
have been a head coach before, pull out of the job because he doesn't want to work with the general manager, and Trent Baalke has that bad of a reputation, doesn't that send a bigger red flag to your owner at this point about Baalke and about who you're working with? I'm not saying that he should definitively fire Balky just because of Byron Leftwich. But Byron Leftwich is not the only one who has these kind of concerns about Balky. So from Peterson's perspective, you get a great young quarterback to work with, and you get the opportunity here to prove that Carson Wentz in that first year where he was really uh, the you know his second year in the league when he was really terrific, it wasn't all just about Frank Reich, because Frank proved this past year wasn't that wasn't the case. I think Carson just has really regressed in the last few years. Doug gets to prove, yeah, you know what, I can coach, and it wasn't just a fluke that we went and won that Super Bowl. If you look back on that time where Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate, uh, it looks pretty remarkable now when we now know with the, uh, you know, with the advantage here of hindsight, what Carson Wentz actually probably is as a quarterback. So that certainly makes Peterson more attractive. And then, of course, Peterson has also worked with, you know, Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and Alex Smith, and he certainly has the resume for a young quarterback potential phenom like a Trevor Lawrence. So I actually think it's a good hire. You mentioned the Byron Leftwich there and the bulky situation, and it's not just, like you mentioned, Byron Leftwich pulling out because he says, hey, I'm not working with this general manager. The cries have been really loud from that fan base for a long time, and I understand that fan base can get easily overlooked, but they were quite literally dressed in clown costumes calling for Bulky uh, to be fired their last game of the season. So this has been something that has been an issue and may remain an issue for some time. But I do wonder, because you mentioned there, like a Byron Leftwich has never been a head coach, and so you certainly don't want to probably walk into a situation where you're working with a GM that you're completely uncomfortable with or who you don't respect. But with a Peterson, maybe he's not as concerned about that because he has been a head coach, because he's been a Super Bowl winning head coach. And so maybe for him, he feels the confidence that like, hey, I don't love this guy even, but maybe I don't don't have to uh, because I am confident enough in myself and my abilities and comfortable enough in my NFL career where I know that this is going to take time and I'm going to be able to go in there and eventually I am going to be able to get done what I need to get done. And and from that perspective, I mean, certainly he wasn't necessarily given the leeway there in Philadelphia when he was fired unceremoniously just you know a few years removed from a Super Bowl win. Shad Khan is certainly known for his patience, though. I mean, sometimes maybe a little too patient or a little too loyal. So if I'm Doug Peterson, though, that that's a good thing and something that makes his job even more attractive. There's one part of this, though, that I worry about, and it is Trevor Lawrence, because this is a huge, huge season for Lawrence. Not that he has to go and be an MVP or even be Justin Herbert in year two, but that Lawrence is now going to have his third different offensive coordinator, in three years, if you count the last year of college, and we have seen some of these other younger quarterbacks consistently go through that kind of change, and it really stunts their development. This was a can't-miss guy. This was a generational every 10-year type quarterback. It wasn't just somebody that was supposed to be franchised. So now this year and his career is firmly in Doug Peterson's lap. So for Trevor Lawrence, 
this is this it's a little bit scary that you're in this situation no matter uh no matter who it would have been and and he did the right thing last year when he was you know I want to be in Jacksonville I want to be wherever takes me number 1 we'll find out here because this this is not a stable situation overall and he had better hope that Peterson is the guy uh, to get him somewhere and to really tutor him the right way because if not he, he's going to bear responsibility don't get me wrong but Lawrence has got to show major development in year two. I mean, there was a time not long ago where a Joe Burrow was being drafted and people were questioning whether he should pull an Eli Manning to get away from the Cincinnati Bengals because they were absolutely going to ruin him. And now he's playing in a Super Bowl. So I'm not surprised that Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, did the right thing, so to speak, uh, and and stay with that number one pick. And this is what you do. Typically, if you're the number one pick, you're not going to go to a good team. But with Lawrence, you're right. I mean, he ranked near the bottom of every single passing category last season. He got a pass because of that dysfunction. At some point, though, he doesn't get the pass. And I do think Peterson at least has the quarterback resume there where you can feel a bit confident that, hey, we brought in the right guy with some experience here. He should be able to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be a patient process because certainly Lawrence doesn't have the pieces around him. But at the same time, Chris, just because we all thought he was a can't-miss draft pick doesn't necessarily mean that he was, in fact, a can't-miss draft pick. We certainly thought that before. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, we will delve into the Brian Flores situation and why, and kind of a new angle to it, all of the accusations that have been thrown out in the lawsuit maybe don't actually mean all that much. We'll explain what we're talking about in just moments. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins head coach and his attorneys filed a lawsuit today that alleges racism in hiring. There's a couple of things that seem to be true about black head coaches. There aren't many of them and they don't get a long run. If this is not something that can get people ousted from positions of power, I very much worry about what's actually going to get done here. It does have to go to the courts because people can't do it on their own. They're not conscientious enough. They're not truthful enough. They're not honest enough. Sometimes they're not decent enough. Maybe a lot of what Brian Flores is alleging in his lawsuit doesn't necessarily need to be proven. We're going to discuss that with Amber Wilson, attorney at law. In just a moment, it's Chris Carlin and Amber Wilson in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Okay, so we were talking before the show, and one of my big questions, because I am not that bright, and had considered being a lawyer prior to college, and then I took two classes and realized I wasn't interested in working all that hard, and again, not that bright. But one of the things I have been thinking about in all of this, Amber, is what was actually said in Brian Flores's lawsuit. The idea that not just of what Stephen Ross allegedly was going to pay him $100,000 per loss to incentivize the Dolphins losing, and he turned that down. Not just that uh, the Giants had already made up their mind and, in essence, offered the job to Brian Dable prior to his interview with them. Not just that John Elway appeared disheveled, disinterested, and perhaps hung over at his interview with the Broncos a couple of years ago, but just how all of that has to be proven. What's the problem for Brian Flores in saying all of that? Because to me, as the layman, I would just assume that when you throw out stuff like that, you open yourself up to a possible lawsuit if you can't prove it. Now, please separate fact from fiction on how all of this works. I have noticed that I think as a media and as a public, we're, we're more used to kind of consuming and discussing criminal allegations than we are civil ones. I feel like the civil complaint thing that we are getting distributed and really talking about, at least as, as far as a sports media in particular, it's kind of a new thing. And, and I noticed this with the Deshaun Watson cases as well, where uh, people aren't so used to reading, I think, civil complaints. And because of that, the conversation tends to be everything in this must be not only truthful, but everything in this must be provable. And otherwise, why would you throw this in this lawsuit? There's a there's a stark difference between a lot of criminal allegations and civil allegations where with criminal allegations are typically brought by the state. And so they do typically tend to be a bit more based in fact and provable fact. Whereas with civil allegations, I'm not saying that things are blatant lies because, yes, you can open yourself up to things like defamation. But as a as as an attorney who practices civil law, I can tell you, like, you kind of throw everything you can into the complaint. You throw everything against a wall and you see what sticks. You know, it's not all going to stick. You might you might not have the proof for kind of all of it is again. You don't want to open yourself up to, hey, this is all blatant lies, because, yes, the flip side of that is then you can get a lawsuit that hits you or a countersuit for something like defamation 
But of course, the other party would then have to prove that as well. So in other words, if Flores is completely lying about the Stephen Ross thing, then Stephen Ross sues him for defamation. And if Stephen Ross can prove that Flores is lying. But in a he said, he said kind of situation, if this was just a conversation, an oral conversation amongst parties, that may be very difficult for either of them to prove, uh, no matter their position. Uh, That doesn't mean that it wouldn't make an appearance in a complaint, uh, an accusation like that. So, you know, kind of get that out of the way, because I, I have notice this is a a 60 page complaint and a a lot of people with the 60 pages have kind of taken it all as you know all relevant all incredibly serious I would say there's a lot of things in here that are very serious from an NFL perspective and and that accusation being one of them the pay for tank allegation that's very serious I'm not surprised that we're hearing the NFL is going to launch an investigation in that in terms of its relatability and and really how pivotal it is to Brian Flores's actual suit uh, I contend that it's not so much it's it's uh, something that was thrown in there sure it can kind of speak to the overall mistreatment of black coaches but in an in and of itself it is not a cause of action it is not at all the cornerstone of this suit in fact I could even argue that you know it's kind of not very relevant to the actual suit because this suit is a discrimination lawsuit. There's four counts. They're all discrimination. And there's going to be many hurdles to jump through before we even would get to a phase where anyone's proving anything. And I think that that's also really important for people to understand because I don't even think that this is going to get to that phase, the discovery type phase, where you have Bill Belichick sitting down for a deposition, which a lot of people seem to expect to be happening. So, but the burden... For let's just talk about the the idea of the Giants and uh, the Broncos in this. Okay. When he says those things about them, he can just say it, and it doesn't need to be proven by him. It's just going to be out there. And is there? I mean, I assume well, that there are grounds for them to turn around and sue him for defamation. But then they have to prove that it didn't happen, right? Right. I mean, the burden of proof is on Brian Flores, right? So right now, what that means is Brian Flores, yes, in order to be successful in this lawsuit, would have to prove the allegations that he's making. Uh, But, and, and, and it's important to note, this is a class action. So this is not just things that happen to Brian Flores. And in fact, if you make a class action too specific, you're going to have even a harder time getting that class certified. Uh, certified. Already, I think that it's going to be hard to have this class of people certified because under the New York statute, uh, basically a class is you know supposed to be very so numerous that you couldn't attach individual people to this lawsuit, that it would just be too cumbersome in nature and that these are problems that are just widespread that affect an entire class of persons. And I think it's going to be a bit hard because of the numbers, because at the end of the day, NFL circles are pretty small and the amount of people that are, uh, you know, viable candidates for NFL positions, whether coaches or front office execs, uh, is a pretty small pool of people. So I do think from a class certification perspective, there's going to be a hoop to jump through there that I'm not sure he's going to be able to jump through. That would be something that would happen before we would ever get to a point of him having to prove anything. For example, another thing you'd have to do, the first thing that's going to happen here, Chris, that I expect to happen is the NFL and the teams, they file the motion to dismiss, right? And the motion to dismiss in part is going to include an argument I would expect 
Act where they're arguing, the NFL is arguing this should be handled in arbitration under the CBA. Flores' people will probably try to argue something. This is off the top of my head. Like, hey, racial discrimination falls well outside the bounds of normal course in employment and uh, it should not be governed by the CBA. And the NFL will argue at the end of the day, we're talking about employment discrimination and anything dealing with employment in the NFL is handled under the CBA, which means you're contractually obligated to bring this in arbitration. I think the NFL is a really strong argument there, frankly. And arbitration doesn't mean this goes away for the NFL. It means it goes away for me and you. It goes away for us. It goes away from public consumption. It's very obvious to me that Flores' camp wanted this to be consumed by the public. I mean, this is a 60-page complaint. The first 20 pages of it reads like a history book. It starts off with a quote and a text from Bill Belichick. That is unbelievably unusual for a complaint, particularly a complaint in federal court where things tend to be very formal. I I mean, law professors would scoff at that. It was beautifully written, don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking about from a legal perspective how you are expected to start a complaint, how legal writing is. This is a very unusual way to go about things. They did a beautiful job laying out how the Rooney rule is ineffective. But when we're talking about the actual legal hoops to get through, that's a whole different conversation. And it's very apparent and obvious to all of us that there is a diversity problem in the NFL and there's a diversity problem in front offices and there's a diversity problem on coaching staffs and that there is a real issue there with the Rooney rule. Uh, And maybe at the end of the day, this gets us all talking about it and these conversations are to be had and the NFL will reevaluate things like the Rooney rule uh, and revisit this issue but it being a legal uh, it having any legal success there's so many hoops to jump through before we even get to a point where Flores would be proving anything does he's still a, a finalist in theory mm-hmm. for two jobs in the Saints and in Houston does the does the case get stronger for him if someone like Josh McCown gets the job who has zero experience coaching on the college or professional level? I would say no, because as it pertains to Flores, he is not alleging that he himself has not gotten head coaching jobs because obviously, in fact, he's coming off of a head coaching job. So that would not be necessarily the best position for him. And in fact, he's being considered for numerous head coaching jobs just in this immediate cycle. So that's not Flores' personal allegation. But again, this is a class action. So it's not just about Flores. And and like I said, in fact, if you make it too specific to Flores' experiences personally, then you're going to have a harder time getting that class certified. What he's alleging is that black coaches generally, like the Eric Bienemies of the world, have passed been passed over for jobs they deserve or have a harder time getting a head coaching job. So that's not an allegation specific to him. He is saying that's an allegation that exists generally for the class. I think, uh, in fact, I have an interesting theory on this, Chris. I think that Brian Flores... If, if I was advising him, if I was his counsel, I probably would have advised him to go ahead and finish the interviews with the Texans and the Saints. I think he could have even taken one of those jobs, in fact, and still filed this suit. Because, again, his position isn't that he hasn't ever had a job as a head coach or, or that he's not being considered as a head coach, because, of course, he is. His position is that he has been personally more discriminated against with the sham interviews with the oh. Broncos and with the Giants and maybe getting fired too quickly from the Dolphins and kind of the general mistreatment. 
Well, that stuff would have still existed, would be my contention, whether he took a job with the Texans or not, say. So I, it would have been awkward, given that he would be suing all 32 teams, and, and that would include the team that he's working for, sure. But I also don't think that they could have fired him at that point. Uh, so I, I think if I was advising him, I might have said, hey, go ahead and, and take the job. Don't cost yourself any jobs here, like we all expect, frankly, may happen, although he's still up for those jobs. Why not take the job and then still file the lawsuit and still do this? I actually think he could have done both. I don't think it would have harmed his position. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. In just moments, we get the perspective of somebody that has played for Brian Flores. In fact, that's in 30 seconds. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We now... Go to the hotline and welcome in ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich. And uh, he joins us right now. It's Chris Carlin and Amber Wilson. Rob in for Greeny today. And listen, I know it's been a lot of talk about Brian Flores. You have made your uh, thoughts known about him through the course of the week. But just give us your overall perspective as this week has unfolded and your view of how uh, the guy that you played for at one point has kind of handled this whole situation. No, I mean, look, I, I, I'm in support of Brian Flores because he's he's a great coach. He's a great person. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for B-Flow. So, um, you know, you, you hate to see what he's going through based on the, the fact that he loves to coach. He loves football. He's a football player, starting linebacker at Boston College. So, you know, I, I just think that it's it's definitely got to be a difficult situation for him to be in because he wants to be a coach he's even said that he's got a gift to coach which he does and you know I'll be the first one to tell you that that he is a terrific coach and he's thorough he does command a room um so I I I hope that he gets another opportunity but it's definitely difficult um given the circumstances that that he's in with you know what he's doing moving forward in the lawsuit so um there definitely needs to be something some change um so I would love to see him coach again, just personally, because I know he could definitely help somebody reach their maximum potential. So, Ning, obviously the Flores lawsuit has dominated the news cycle. Something else happened in the NFL, though, this week. You know, the greatest football player of all time retired. And it's kind of, at this point, been a womp, womp, womp. Like, none of us have been talking about it. Why do you think that is? And were you surprised that he made the decision to retire now? No, I mean, listen, he's 44 years old. He's played a lot of football. Um, Really doesn't have to do anything else. Doesn't have to prove anyone wrong. Everything that he's ever wanted to do, he's done it. So, you know, he's made a lot of money. Um, Why put yourself in a situation where you could potentially get hurt? Like we see guys in the NFL every single year. You don't expect it, but it happens. So, you know, I'm happy for Tom. Don't give people the satisfaction um, to see you to see you kind of fall. And you know, at the end of the day, when you're in your 40s, it's 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 not going to be easy um, to continue to play at a high level. So you know, I'm happy for him that that he's able to go off and do things his way. Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson, in for Greeny today. Rob, is there? 
What is, what is the aspect of Tom Brady that the general public will never really know or see or understand if there is one? Um, you know, I, I just think that there's a perception, um, you know, the people that aren't Patriot fans and there's a lot of, I guess, just hate towards Tom because he was so good for so long. And I think that that's unfortunate um, because he's a great person and um, he's a, he's one heck of a quarterback and it just goes with the territory of being good for so long. When you, when you're in a place for 20 years, you know, I don't think any Buffalo fans or jet fans uh, were sad that Tom Brady retired. So Hmm. um, it's unfortunate because if he was on your team, guess what? You'd love him. You certainly would love him. And I think that we're probably going to get an opportunity to see more of him now that he's retired and get to know him a little bit better outside of Patriots Nation. Uh, Rob, uh, there are a few jobs still left in terms of head coaches in the NFL, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Saints, typically to uh, Minnesota as well, but I think we all think McConnell's getting that job. So just with the Dolphins, Texans, and Saints, since they're still in the interview process here, how attractive are those jobs uh, to a candidate? Uh, well, the, the Dolphins one, I really wouldn't want to touch if, if the Ross is asking coaches to, to not win. I mean, that's not a situation or an environment you want to be in. Um, the Texans, you know, they're, they're in a situation with their quarterback. So you don't really have a quarterback. You don't know the future, what's going on moving forward. So it's those two places I kind of wouldn't want to go to, honestly. ESPN NFL analyst Rob Nikovich with us. Your thoughts on the game in just a second. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. Nobody wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click. They pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers, feel the love. Sign up for free with ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. All right, we're a week out from Super Bowl 56, Rob. What intrigues you right now? Uh, what story are you most interested in following over the next week as we get to next Sunday? Uh, well, I want to see which I want to see what Ram team shows up. Is it going to be a team that is kind of you know you, you don't want to say limped into a Super Bowl, but there's been moments in the last couple weeks where the Rams could have easily given away uh, the game. And you think about Tampa; they came back on the Rams because of the key turnovers. Um, then you look at the 49ers game, you know, drops, literally dropped interceptions, um, which would have cost the Rams the football game. So I want to see, can they go, in, go into this Super Bowl matchup and have a winning type of performance where there's no turnovers, uh, no fumbles, no panel, no bad football? And if the Bengals, if I'm coaching the Bengals, I'm really just hammering home, listen, guys, we got to be we got to be consistent. We got to play penalty free because if you watch the last few weeks, the Rams they want to give us an opportunity, want to give us a chance to win. We just got to stay on them. We got to be you know getting after the football, getting after the quarterback, which they have two defensive ends. So I want to see if the Rams can put together a good game start to finish and and not basically gift other teams 
opportunities to beat them. Rob, awesome stuff. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it next week. Thanks again. All right. See you guys. Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. In just moments, an NBA star is already starting to rattle some cages about maybe separating from his team. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I have never seen a player wear out his welcome so incredibly quickly as what Julius Randle has done in the last few months. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. According to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. And if you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Hey, Julius Randall unfollowed the Knicks on Instagram. Oh, my God. This is how we tend to try to evaluate relationships now, but understandably so, because a lot of the times when we see stuff like this happen, it means that there is a split that seems inevitable. And when you have somebody, Amber, like Julius Randle, who last year was the absolute darling of this city, and then disappeared in the playoffs because the Atlanta Hawks double and tripled him, proving that the Knicks had no other way to beat you besides Julius Randle. And now this year, from you know basically telling the fans to shut the blank up to uh, not playing all that well, he got his contract in the offseason, he is further and further pushing himself away from this organization. And with the deadline next week, I am not going to be shocked to see him get traded away. And he should be. Would you ever notice? Do you even notice when people unfollow you? I mean, would you ever notice who somebody unfollowed? I always find that about this remarkable. Like how tuned in we all are in 2022 to who follows whom. Because I I can tell you, I don't even know. Like if you unfollow me at some point on social media, all right. Like deuce, I have not, I I assure you, I don't know. Because I am not even paying attention to the number. But yeah, apparently Julius Randle has unfollowed, right? And he's informally asked for a trade. Uh, what what, What a fall it has been from 
it wasn't that long ago that I remember a radio host putting out on Twitter a peak Julius Randall's better than peak Chris Bosch, which was absurd. <laughs> and and just say uh, we spent like 15 weeks on that tweet alone in Miami on sports radio when I was down there hosting a local show. Uh, I think part of this, Chris, is because where the expectations became with Julius Randall. And alas, I think what we've learned here is that Julius Randall is Julius Randall. I mean, the dude's been in the league for a long time, right? Like he's a vet. And yes, he had a remarkable season with the Knicks and he was good and he's been good for the New York Knicks. But at some point because of that, we kind of all lost sight of the fact that like this is still Julius Randall and he's not LeBron James out there. And we're expecting a whole lot from him in a star position where the lights are brightest. Yeah, he just had the season that made everybody want to believe that he was actually developing and better than he actually was. And coincidentally, it came in a contract year. So he's he's just been a miserable sourpuss all season long when things have not been going his way. And you contrast that to a guy like Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves. Listen to him post game last night. Hold on, y'all. Don't ask no questions. Yeah, I'm trying to put an order in. McDonald's. Yes, what's what's on the menu tonight? Chris, he said no questions. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Tell him to lock in, man. Hold on, hold on. I got one more thing. McChickens. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Customized, no ice. I like Minnesota, y'all. I love Minnesota, man. Hope y'all love me back. All right, let's get it. Boom. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Who that? Unbelievable. Yep, I just got it. Hold on, let me pay for it. <laughs> Hold on, two seconds. I like these lights, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Multi-millionaires ordering off the dollar menu. Yeah, like it's it. fantastic. That's... It's absolutely fantastic. Anthony, and first of all, smart. fiscally, fiscally very smart there. Yeah, and listen, I can appreciate it. You need to concentrate when you're ordering from McDonald's. I don't want people asking me question, questions outside of, do you want cheese with that or not? I don't want to hear it. Uh, but the point is simply this. I could never see Julius Randle doing that. <laughs> I, could, I could not see this working out well. And frankly, he's, he's just not cut out for New York. He's not. And as, as good as last year was for him, it is now time to move on because... It's always been clear that he is not part of the championship solution for the Knicks. He, to me, is a number three on a very good team at best. Yeah, I don't think it's that he's not cut out for even the New York or the bright lights. It's that he's not cut out to be the superstar of the team. He's not cut out to be a number one, and we should have known that. It's Julius Randle. I don't think they were even thinking that he was going to be a number one. I feel like the Knicks paid him just because they felt like they needed to off of last season. And to their credit, they didn't give him a max contract. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he has put himself in a position now where fans are basically against him. And that is hard to do, especially that quickly, based off of what happened last year. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.